0: Hi, I'm Emily with the Limitless Female Podcast. You are listening to episode 99, Questioning Your If-Then Statements. Woman, welcome. If you're a mama who is feeling all the feels of motherhood, the ups and downs of hormones, and maybe even depression, then you are in the right place. Limitless Female is your confident inner voice helping you master your mood and create the epic life that calls you. My goal is to show you just how enough you are so you can show up limitless in your own life. Let's get started. What's up, ladies? I'm excited to be here with you this morning and to talk with you about if-then statements. Do you guys remember dying, waiting for your toddler to understand if-then statements? right? That you could tell them if you go potty, then you get an M&M, right? Like if they could just understand the result of their action, if they could understand that when they do something, something follows, you could start to like expect predictable behavior, right? And we get really excited for our kids to understand if then statements. Um, well, I thought, I think that we have a lot of if-then statements in our life that we just believe are true and we haven't examined them. A lot of the thoughts that I work on with my clients, with the moms that come to me are if-then statements. Well, if I do this, then this will happen. And they think it's just a fact. They think it's something they cannot escape. And so then they're trying to find an action to circumvent that problem instead of questioning the if then statement. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You're going to love it. I think I'm going to hit on some different thoughts. If not the exact thought you have, definitely a version of a thought that you've had that doesn't serve you and you don't have to keep thinking. Okay. But first I want to read a review from craft mom, 2022. She said, I'm so glad I learned of Emily's podcast. When she was a guest on Better Than Happy, I've listened to several and find them so helpful in dealing with the challenges we face. Emily is honest and real and refreshing. Thank you. Thank you, Craft Mom. I so appreciate you guys leaving reviews. It helps me share the podcast quicker. And there are so many women who who have been diagnosed or struggle with depression. Did you guys know that? You are not alone. If you... I'm sure every one of you either has depression, know someone who's dealt with depression or postpartum depression. Um, And it is so much more common than we think. One time I was in a big church meeting with hundreds of people and the speaker asked, if you have depression or you know someone that has depression, raise your hand. And literally every single hand shot up. And I don't know why I didn't already expect that, but it surprised me. Because my brain wants to keep telling me I am the only one, right? And that I'm speaking into the ether and no one really needs this, right? But I redirect my, my brain. I engage my higher brain and I tell my lower brain, no, if I deal with it, hundreds of other women deal with it. And so they need these tools and they need it said to them in a way that resonates for them with depression, Because even if they've heard these tools, do you know what a lot of people think? Oh, this won't help me. I have depression. And so I want them to hear it from somebody who's been through it, right? And who's going through it. So they know that it can be very life-changing, even with depression. Actually, mostly with depression, I would say. Okay? So if you're in the Apple Podcast app, and you scroll down to the first review, right below that first review you see, there'll be a little purple box with a pencil in it, and it will say, write a review. Click there, and you can write a quick review. You can write an honest review. Um, And that just helps me share the podcast as well as reading it. So I so appreciate you guys doing that and spending your time doing that. Now, did you guys know it's the 99th episode? Woo woo, we're so excited, right? How excited are you that we are almost at 100 episodes? I want the 100th episode to be all about you. So I want you guys to email me at limitlessfemale at gmail.com, a problem you're having, a question you have, something that you feel like there's no way out of, or you don't even know where to start, okay? Or DM me on Instagram at limitlessfemale a question you have, and I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Okay. So make sure you get those to me before next week. Um, so that I can get it all ready for the 100th episode of the Limitless Female Podcast. All right, let's get into it. I am going to break down some if then statements. Before I do that, I want to clarify some of the definitions of the things that we talk about here so a circumstance in the world is just something that's happening right and when people describe their circumstances they're full of drama right because we're not robots so they're going to tell me all of the thoughts and feelings around what's going on right and why it's not okay and and how it happened and who should have been doing what and why it's hard and that is a circumstance but in coaching in this type of coaching a circumstance is something factual it's something that's boring that we can measure that everyone in the world would agree on okay not just your girlfriends not just your family but everyone in the world would agree right it's something very factual so you know my house is big is not a circumstance, right? Because that's very subjective. That's not, somebody else might come into your house and not think your house is big, not compared to something else, right? But if everyone in the world would agree, your house is 3,000 square feet, that is a circumstance, okay? Now, the reason this is important is because we believe circumstances are creating the results in our life when we aren't taking ownership, when we have no power or leverage before we understand thought work, we believe that the circumstances are the problem. The size of our house, the size of our bank account, our boss's opinion of us, um, what our kids have said to us, the amount of money it costs to live, right? Inflation, um, your salary, your diagnosis. We believe that those things are the problem. So when we make them very neutral by making them very factual, they lose a lot of their power and we put the power in the thought line. Okay. This is what we make it mean. So if we have a circumstance, then we make it mean something, which is usually what my clients think is the problem right? Like like a child at school will say words to your child and your thought is my child is being bullied and that's not okay. Now notice that the thought is your child is being bullied and that's not okay. The circumstance is a kid at school said words to your child. It's neutral because that is the part that's not in your control, but that's okay because that part's really boring. That part's not creating your kid's emotion. It's not creating your emotion. What's creating your experience is what you're making it mean that your child is being bullied and it's not okay. Now you might wanna keep that thought, that's fine. If that gives you grit, if that gives you determination and has you calling the parents, awesome. But if the thought you're choosing about a very neutral circumstance, is creating grief and making you feel stuck and creating dirty pain in your life, then we wanna question it, right? So now having gone over that a little bit, um, and if you guys need more help with that, go to episode one, two, and three, and I really dial into the different parts of the model. Um, But let's bring up some if-then statements that I think a lot of us believe are true. And I just wanna break them down for you a little bit in regards to where they would go in the model okay so the first one i've written down is if i have depression then i cannot be happy this is the very base of where i start with most my clients because we believe that statement is just true how many of you think that's just true how many of you in your car like yeah duh like If you have depression, then you can't be happy, right? Um, But it's not true. It's a thought, right? So I want to break down this if-then statement. If I have depression, you guys, depression is a neutral circumstance. I know that it is creating chemicals in your body and affecting your hormones and maybe comes from inflammation, but the diagnosis itself is neutral okay even if it's creating emotion for you this part then I cannot be happy is a thought and when you believe I cannot be happy you're creating additional negative emotion on top of anything chemical your actual depression is creating this is the part where I see huge shifts in my clients because they didn't know they could think another way about their depression. They didn't know that they could believe, if I have depression, I can still have a huge, amazing, happy life. They didn't think they were allowed to believe that. They thought that sounded silly, impossible, ridiculous. right? But when we break it down, Depression is the diagnosis, right? And the thoughts we think about it greatly affect the hold depression has on you, okay? The whole depression has on you. Because if I believe that I can be happy with depression, what emotion might I create for myself when that depression is not wreaking havoc on my body, right? When I'm not having a hard day. When I wake up with a little bit of energy, if I believe I can be happy with depression, what might I do when I believe I can be happy even with depression? Well, for me, that thought evokes the emotion of determination, which is one of the reasons why coaching helped me continue to be an advocate for myself until I found outside sources supplements, ways of eating, medication that helped with the chemical part, right? But even after medication, this belief that I can be happy with depression, or even though I have depression, it does not, it stops me from creating additional negative emotion that doesn't need to be there. Um, much of the way we feel right now has to do with how we think about our depression in the present. Okay. Compassion, but ownership, right? Of course, I'm having a hard time. I get it, but I can feel better when I'm ready or I will feel better in the future. Right? So we get to think what we want about our depression. Anything you want, you get to think. I don't care if it sounds ridiculous. I don't care if no one in the world agrees, because remember, it's not a circumstance. We're talking about a thought, thoughts you get to choose. So if you want to believe that depression does not have a hold on you, you go ahead and believe it. Okay. There's no, literally no downside to that. Okay. Here's another one. If I yell, they'll not have as good of a relationship with my kids when they're older. Okay. What do you guys think about that thought? Sounds pretty useful. It sounds compassionate, maybe, that if I yell, I'll create a bad relationship with my kids, right? But I want to break it down for you. Yelling can be a circumstance. Probably we need to clean it up a little bit, like I said X, Y, Z to my kids, right? But then I'll not have a good relationship with my kids when they're older, where would we put that in the model? A good relationship with your kids is going to go in your R line, your result line, and their result line. Your relationship with your kids is going to be in the way you think about your kids when they're older. Their relationship with you is up to them. It's the way they think about you and about themselves in relation to you when they're older. So, whether or not you yell at your kids is not the reason you are going to have a good or bad relationship with your kids. It's what you make it mean. So even though it sounds really nice that if I yell at my kids, I'm going to ruin our relationship. I want you to know that that thought probably makes you feel shame or fear of the future. Shame or fear is going to have you hiding out and not spending additional time with them, not apologizing quickly, not believing you can be better and speak softer, okay? Shame and fear is probably gonna have you yelling more often. Do you guys see that? How shame and fear actually create what you're trying to avoid? So I want you to pay attention if you have some version of the if-then statement. If I yell, then I will have a bad relationship with my kids, okay? It's not going to serve you. Okay, here's the next one. If I have depression, then I will push my spouse away. Okay, again, depression is in this circumstance line, okay? Diagnosis of depression. I will push my spouse away. want you guys to know you do not have the power to push your spouse away. Okay. Your spouse's decision to separate from you is all about your spouse. And if you want to have some kind of influence, if you want to be the best version of you, the most welcoming version, the most loving version, the most keep your husband version, right? Even though you don't have that power, You cannot pay attention to his result. That is his result. In the model, we always only focus on our own results in the result line, because that's the only one you can affect, right? So when you believe, if I have depression, then I will push my spouse away, right? When you choose that thought, I'm going to push my spouse away. You will feel fear. And remember, fear always has us doing actions that create what we're trying to avoid. So if I feel fear, I'm going to pull away from my spouse. I'm not going to share with him when I'm struggling. We're not going to have as intimate a relationship. And therefore I will feel more distant from him. I don't know how he'll feel, but you're going to pull away from your spouse. If you believe that thought for sure. I don't know what he'll do, but you definitely will. So this, if then statement, if I have depression, then I will push my spouse away is not true. If you have depression, you are allowed to believe that you can have a really strong marriage. Okay. It is up to you. All right. Here's another one. If I'm a stay at home mom, then I cannot find my purpose. Okay. This is. Let's look at these in parts, okay? Being a stay-at-home mom could go in the circumstance line, correct? Then this one, I cannot find my purpose. Now let's figure out where we would put that in the model. I think that we could say something like, then I would not feel like I had a purpose or feel fulfilled. So it's a feeling, right? We would put fulfilled, or purposeful in our feeling line of the model. So you're telling me that if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's the circumstance, remember, that then your feeling will be unfulfilled. But I want you guys to know that your feeling does not come from the circumstance ever, okay? Your feeling comes from your thought. And it always precedes or comes before what you do, Feelings come before what you do, not after. So you don't need to go write a book or show up in your community or, um, what else? Create a side gig to feel fulfilled. In fact, you need to feel fulfilled or purposeful before you would do any of those things. So being a stay-at-home mom has literally nothing to do with finding your purpose or being fulfilled. It is the way you think about your role that will create the feeling of fulfillment. And that feeling will drive the actions of doing things that matter to you, inside the home, outside the home, wherever you want. Okay? All right, let's take a look at the next one. If we don't get a raise, then we will have to move. Okay, a raise goes in where? The circumstance line yes, you nailed it. <laughs> a raise goes in the circumstance line, right? So having to move is going to go in the result line. If we don't get a raise, then we will move. Um, our circumstances never create our results right? I feel like they're kind of disconnected. They're not really a part of the model. They're there to help us understand our model, but they don't act like the domino effect that the rest of the model creates. So a raise has nothing to do with whether or not you have to sell your house or not. Okay. The domino effect begins in the thought line. So whatever you think about your money, or about how much you need, or about what you're capable of earning is what's going to create the feeling line. Then however you feel will affect the way you show up and your action line, your earning potential, how often you're at work, your ideas, um, the way that you save and spend money. And then your result will be whether or not you sell or keep your house, okay? So if you've had a version of this thought, right? That if we don't make more money, then we have to do this. I want you to notice that they're at opposite ends of the model A raise or the amount of money you have goes in the circumstance line. And then your house or keeping the kids in a private school or anything that has to do with money is not related to the circumstance line. If you want to keep your kids in private school, you just get to decide that we are going to be able to keep them in private school but you got to find a thought that helps you create abundance. Abundance is going to drive actions that help you create more money or save money or come up with a solution that you like, that you're not forced into. Okay. All right. Here's another one. If I can't handle homeschooling my kids, then I'm not a good mom. How many of you had thought this? I have only homeschooled my son for, I don't know, six months. And then of course, COVID where everybody became an instant homeschooling mom, whether they wanted to or not, which I, I awesome disclaimer. I know that that's not actual homeschooling. All my homeschool friends are like, that is not what real homeschool is like having your kids forced home, sitting on zoom all day, having teachers running the day. I get it. I just want to make sure you guys know, I know that, (laughs) but This idea that if I can't handle homeschooling my kids, then I'm not a good mom. Okay, where would we put handle homeschooling my kids? In the thought line. I can't handle homeschooling my kids. That's a thought, okay? And then I'm not a good mom. What is that? Where would that go in the model? That is also a thought. Both of those ideas. We get to choose to think or not. Neither is a fact. Neither is a result of anything else. You just get to decide whether or not you want to homeschool your kids, whether or not you are doing a good job, and you get to decide whether or not you're a good mom, which has nothing to do with any circumstance. You just get to decide. And I want to encourage you to decide that you're a good mom based on nothing other than just your desire to be a good mom. You don't need to base it on how much you do or your, how happy your kids are, right? You don't need to base it on anything except for your desire to be a good mom. If you want to be a good mom, start believing that you're a great mom. That is my advice to you. It's simple, but it's it works. It's true, You have to believe you're a good mom before you can go show up in a ways that are important to you. Okay. Not to anybody else, but in a way that feels good to you. And so my suggestion, if you don't believe you're a good mom is to start looking around and decide how am I already a really good mom? Forget about all the things your brain tells you you're not good at. I want you only to look for how is it possible that I'm already a really good mom? And I want you to decide to believe you're your good mom because that's what will make you a great mom, okay? Okay, I think I have a lot of these, so I might pare them down or just move a little quicker. So this one is if I'm not making money at my side gig, then I'm not a real fill in the blank photographer, business owner, um, author, then I'm not a real artist. Okay. This is when I hear a lot, especially in the realm of coaches, a lot of coaches don't want to call themselves a coach until they've made money or an artist until they've made money or an actress until they are making money. Okay. An actress or a, um, business owner or an entrepreneur or a photographer, you guys is a thought. It is a title you get to believe whenever you want, and it will serve you to believe it before you have gone out into the world and made money. Okay. So stop calling yourself a baby coach or a baby photographer. Oh, I remember my first experience with, with this was when I, uh, was starting my photography company and I would tell everybody like, Oh, I'm starting a photography company. And my dad noticed and he said, why don't you just start telling people you're a photographer? Why do you keep telling everybody you're starting your photography company? And it really was a good indicator for the way I was thinking about me and how qualified I was, right? Like I wasn't qualified enough to be a photographer. I'm starting a photography company, right? Um, So give yourself permission to be the thing. You don't need to make money to be that. It's just who you are. If you love acting, you're an actress. If you love running, you're a runner. I don't care how fast or slow you are. You're a runner. Just the other day on my Instagram, I posted that I am a morning person because I love mornings. I like to move slow. I like to sleep in. I like to be alone. I love my mornings, right? <laughs> Probably not what most of you guys expected when I said I'm a morning person. I don't love waking up at my daughter says the butt crack of dawn. Um, I do it to drive them to seminary and stuff. But um, if I don't have to, I can sleep so long. I can just sleep and sleep and sleep, Right. But it doesn't mean I'm not a morning person. I just decided I am. And that way it kind of stops me from not being able to wake up on days when I need to. Instead of constantly being like, oh, I'm not a morning person, I can't wake up to drive. I'm like, no, I'm a morning person, I love my mornings, but today I'm gonna wake up early and get moving. Just decided to stop keeping all these limiting thoughts about myself, like I'm not this person and I'm not this person. You are. You are a real photographer, dancer, swimmer, mother, entrepreneur. I love that. I'm like, no, in our family, we're entrepreneurs because we make, we choose what we want to make and we make it right. Okay. Um, this one, if I put my child in school too early, then he or she will struggle socially. Okay. I see you guys struggling with making decisions, especially decisions that will affect their long-term future. I mean, way in the future. When I was trying to decide whether or not to put my son in pre-K or kindergarten because he was a summer birthday, I was thinking about when he was 18. I was like, if I put him in, early, he's going to leave on his mission so early and leave me (laughs) all alone. But I was also like, he's going to be smaller when it comes to sports and he's not going to be as socialized and, um, it's going to be harder for him socially, right? I'm trying to like figure out what his result is going to be in the future. Okay. You guys, I cannot create his result. No matter how powerful you think you are as a mother, it will serve you to relinquish some of that power to your child and heavenly father and to the plan of happiness, right? Let your child go through what they need to go through. Just choose one that sounds great. Just pick one. It's fine. Okay. So the back end of that story is I chose to put my child in pre-K instead of kindergarten because you know, I didn't want to leave his mission so early and I didn't want to be so young in all of his classes as he got older and the small kid for sports. And then we moved to Texas and they're like, well, he's old enough to go into first grade and here you don't have to do kindergarten and we can just test him. So all of a sudden this huge stress and this decision that I had made, of course, assuming it would affect his long-term future, um, he tested and that decision didn't matter at all. He tested out of kindergarten and they put him in first grade. And now he is as if I put him in early for school, right? It didn't even matter what I decided. And that helped me see that your decisions don't make the impact you think they do. So quit stressing over them, okay? The final thought that I wanna offer to you is those thoughts that have you doing reoccurring behaviors that are driving you crazy. So like, if I don't keep reminding my kids, then they won't follow through and you lie to yourself and you tell yourself that you have to be the nagging one, that you have to be the micromanager in your life, that you have to remind your husband or ask him to do the dishes, or it would never get done. I want you guys to know that that is a lie. You do not have to do that. Okay. Cause those are action lines. Okay. Okay. The reminding of your kiddos and whose result does that create when you are doing an action? Your result. If you are consistently reminding your kids, I don't know if it will teach them to do it or not. You know what I know will happen? It'll create the result of you feeling completely stressed out, overwhelmed, and continuing to believe that you're the only one who can make it happen. This is a thought that will exhaust to the point of burnout. I am the only one who can make it happen, okay? I suggest setting boundaries, okay, or consequences, either natural or enforced, if children don't do things, okay? But do them knowing that it's not really about them getting the job done, it's about teaching them To show up, right? It's about you being the mom that you wanna be, not the micromanager, but the mom who sets up parameters, who creates a system, right? So if you want your kids to clean their room, then stop reminding them. Instead, create a system where you know they see it every day and that they know the consequence where you enforce that consequence when the room is not clean now this helps you avoid getting angry you don't have to be angry or exhausted to get things done in your home you just have to have a system so that you don't have to say it all the time and you have to voice expectations and then you get to follow through on those boundaries that you've set those expectations let me give you an example So if you want your kid's room to get clean without you nagging, I suggest you create a printout that says all the things and what order they do when they come home from school. You laminate it. You put it up in the mudroom. You put it up in the homework room. You put it up in their bedroom, okay? Then you write down on that piece of paper what they get to do after, maybe the reward. You also can write down what the consequence is of not doing it. Now, you might not have a consequence. It might just be that they cannot move on to that next step on the paper, like screen time or playing at a friend's house, unless those things are done. I mean, you can also have a consequence, right? If clothes are left on their floor, then they get taken out of their room for a week, those clothes, So they don't have access to those clothes, right? It just depends on how mean you want to be (laughs) or strict, or what, you know, what works for your kids, what's going to get their attention if you want, right? This is just my example and my thought around this. Now, when they come home and they ask you what to do, you can just point to the paper and eventually they're not going to ask you, right? And now when they say, can I go play at a friend's house? You just say, is your paper done? If they say no, you say no. And eventually they will get the things on the paper done without you having to remind them because you set up a system, you express expectations and you expressed consequences. And the boundary part is the part where you enforced the boundary. You weren't like, oh yeah, you can go to your friend's house, even though you didn't clean your room. No, enforce the boundary. But here's the thing, you guys, your house won't always be perfectly clean because they might choose not to go to a friend's house. Or that they would rather have the consequence than finish their room. So you get to decide. You can either clean it up or remind them and be happy. Okay? Or you can have them do it. But you can't have both. You can't be angry and clean it up after them. Because the truth is you don't have to clean it up. Okay? If you want them to do it, then don't get mad when they don't. And don't tell yourself the lie that you have to be the one because you don't. You just might have a dirtier house, but you definitely don't have to be the one. Okay. All right. Hopefully I hit on at least one version of a thought that you have something about money or your side gig or the way you feel about parenting, um, or micromanaging as a parent. Um, This will serve you guys because as parents, we have all kinds of if then statements that are not true. And if you can break them down and put them into the model in different way, it'll serve you so much better. Now, if you guys want help putting your own life in the model, if you want clarity on how to create your own results, your own joy, your own happiness, and how to stop creating what you're trying to avoid, like your husband you know, distancing himself, or a poor relationship with your kids, or feeling like depression is ruling your life, or feeling like you don't have control over your mood, I can help you with that. That is why I'm here. The podcast is where you get to learn all of these things, and this is why I don't have to hold anything back. I'm not holding anything back from you guys. You guys get all the information, all of it, but I don't need to hold it back because the real power comes in applying it to your specific situation. So if you have stuff going on and you've been trying to use the podcast to help you, i love it. Um, but if you're not seeing change, it's because you're not getting coached. You're just learning the topics. It's the difference between snowboarding or reading a book about snowboarding. The podcast is the book. Coaching with me is like snowboarding. It's fun, refreshing. It's like a workout for your brain. Come and hang out with me. Okay. So you can scroll below and there'll be a link for you guys to sign up for a session with me. If you can't find it on the app you're listening on, go ahead and go to limitlessfemalecoaching.com and you can find it in there too, to schedule a free first kind of exploration session to see if coaching is the right fit for you. All right, you guys, I hope you have an amazing week. We will talk to you on the 100th episode of the Limitless Female Podcast. Have a great day. If you have questions about anything you've learned here on the podcast, or want help with something going on in your own life, hop on a free coaching call with me. In just 30 minutes, you'll have real tools for your unique situation. Go to LimitlessFemaleCoaching.com forward slash work with me, or you can find a link in the show notes below. Spots are limited, so grab one before you miss it.